On this episode, we discuss Amityville in space. To be clear, we're still on Earth. It's Amityville that's in space. Well, technically, we're all in space, Stuart. What the f- Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey, it's me, Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Guys, ask me if I was at Ikea this morning. Hey, hey Elliot, were you at Ikea you, this morning? How'd you guys know I was Ikea? at Ikea this morning? <laughs> okay. Stop watching me. Well, Get out of my life. That's where Audrey is right now. At the same Ikea in Burbank? Well, probably not. I mean, who knows? I guess I could text her and ask, just to be sure. Uh, Dan, you don't, you don't put She's a tracking device on your wife at all times. How uncharacteristic of you. <laughs> don't, start, <laughs> don't start lies about me. Um, now, why, why do you bring up Ikea, Elliot? Because uh, it may explain why my head hurts and why, mm. while I'm doing the summary of this movie today, it may get a little unorganized. What's the word for yeah. things are not uh-huh. organized? Well, were you watching the movie while you were in IKEA? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yes. That's well, they were playing it on all the screens. Were you washing yeah. dishes uh, in their kitchen section <laughs> I of went, IKEA? I, went, I walked into one of their fake kitchens and went to a fugue state and started washing the dishes. Think I was in <laughs> my <laughs> kitchen. Yeah, well, everything right clean. Must get everything clean. Punish, punish, et cetera, uh, et cetera. <laughs> well, look, let's back up. Well, and, I'll, say, uh, and I'll say this. If you're taking kids to Ikea, they are going to want to open all the refrigerators and freezers. They will never mm. not find it hilarious when there's a sign in the freezer that says, take your favorite meatballs home, advertising that you can buy frozen meatballs at Ikea. <laughs> Every When that sign wasn't in the freezer, they were noticeably disappointed. And they'd say, yeah. let's check the next one. And they'd open it up and go, take your favorite meatballs home. Like, this is hilarious. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I can, I can put myself there. I think if I were a kid, I'd feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you've done a lot of acting exercise, so you can really... Uh, you can, sense memory yeah. is what the we call it. sense memory of knowing that meatballs exist. Uh-huh. Uh, I was going to set up what this podcast is. Though. Oh, great. This is sure. a podcast. So this is a podcast Most, called Ikea Memories, where we talk about things that happen to us at Ikea. <laughs> Uh, it comes out four times a month. Uh, two of those times are episodes like this one, where we talk about a bad movie. We watch a bad movie, we talk about it, or, you know, sometimes it's not bad, but the word on the street is it might be. You know, we hear a lot of rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of like movie investigators. Yeah, we go down to the shoe shine <laughs> yeah, boy, we? and we go, you hear about any bad movies there, uh, Curly? And he goes, I don't know, uh, maybe I've seen a bad movie. We hand him a 10, and he goes, all right, all right, there's a new bad movie coming out. It's called yeah. Amityville in, uh, in Somewheres, but my memory is fuzzy. We hand him another 10. Mm. He goes, oh, yeah, now I remember space. Amityville yeah. in space, yeah. Inflation is also hitting Curly. <laughs> Uh, And he's like, yeah, you know, maybe I could tell you a little bit whether or not people like it or not uh, if you refresh my memory. And then Elliot slams him up against the wall and he's like, how about I don't rearrange your face, Curly? And Curly's like, well, my face is already Curly. That's how I got the name. And I'm like, Curly, how could a face be Curly? Is it a beard or is your face just weak? Look at me. (laughs) Well, when I was born, they didn't have forceps. So they used a spiral cut ham spiral cutting machine. And I was left with this curly spiral face. Curly. Yeah. That's why I wear this big hat with the shadow that goes over my face so you can't quite see the curliness of it. And, I'm, yep, and uh, all, all his portraits have to be drawn by Junji Ito, et cetera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I have to commission them, especially. 
So never, that's I'll all... never forget when I first read <laughs> Uzumaki and I said, finally, a story I can relate to. Yeah, finally, I can see myself in comics. And we're like, just tell us, just tell us what they said about this on Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, I'm going to need another $5. Listen, your face is going to be Rotten Tomatoes if you don't tell me. He goes, yeah. well, my I face started... is, is covered in a mask of Rotten Tomatoes. It hides the, uh, the curliness. When it's curly and it's covered in tomatoes, is his face spaghetti? Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, you caught me, and he runs away. <laughs> We, we go, wait, we could- that was Spaghetti Jones, the bank robber. After him, boys. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we could cut Curly out, you know, and just check where Rotten Tomatoes ourselves. But, you know, he's a small businessman. Yeah. We want to support. We he's also sub- small. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, a, he's a small man with a small, very small business. <laughs> very specific business that really only caters to us. Anyway, I hope that's an all-important backstory. But another important piece of our backstory is, <laughs> As the as the summer comes to an end and the fall months, uh, so uh, much world building. Yeah, up, keep going. What a, is this rings of power? Come on. We get a couple of theme months, uh, and we're entering the first of our Flophouse calendar theme months: uh, small timber small or November. small small timber. There's a little bit of disagreement November. over whether it's called small. T- One third of the Flophouse, Dan calls it small timber. Two thirds, Stuart and me, call it small timber. Mm-hmm. And amazingly. This is the this is the beginning of a feud that will eventually tear the galaxy apart as two sides, one calling it small timber, one calling it small vember, war against mm-hmm. each other for eons. Uh yeah. until until really the, the universe is laid waste. Uh, so if any future historians are wondering where did this civilization defining clash begin, it happened on this podcast. It's it was just to clarify, it was when the other third called it small vember and then we laughed and made uh insisted on calling it small vember for the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah well yeah, it's yeah. anyway, the, the whole point is it's the one month year where we uh, give in to the worst angels of our nature and don't punch up at big Hollywood movies, but find some smaller movies to talk about. And oh boy, mm-hmm. uh, did we find a small movie to talk about this time. Yeah, well, Hollywood, Hollywood about- breathes a sigh of relief as we're not coming after him. <laughs> There is an interesting <laughs> bit of backstory with this. I, you, uh, Ellie, I know you probably, you know, you've started doing some research too. You may have come across this. Mark Polonia, uh, who directed this movie and wrote it, is he and wrote it. He star he started making um, low budget horror and sci fi movies back in sort of the direct to video era, and his movie Feeders uh, came out. It, 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 blockbuster Video picked it up and. Close after Independence Day came out, and wait, what's the I movie guess called? Feeders. Feeders. Okay. So I guess I thought fa- you were saying feeders. Weird. Yeah. The very fact that it had aliens in it, uh, apparently, and again, this is Wikipedia research, so mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt. But it catapulted it to the top independent rental of that year, and he's had a career of just like he's a, he's a low budget, like he's had like seventy. Movies. Oh, he came he, out in 2022 alone. He came out with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine movies. And it, I'm sure these are all, I don't think any of these are getting the, the theatrical releases. Yeah. These are all direct to video or VOD, you know. This is also the fourth movie he, in he has the made Amityville. with Amityville. He made Amityville as, Island, Amityville Exorcism, Amityville Death House. Well, let's, I want to talk a little bit about that. Right, what so, you know. Before we start, let's, so anyone listening yeah. is not familiar with the Amityville House. In the 1970s, there was a book called The Amityville Horror about a supposedly true story. It's not true. About uh, some people who moved into a house where murders had taken place and they were haunted by things. And this led to mm. a brief burst of movies that were about the, the first a movie in 1979 based on the book, and then a sequel to that, and another sequel to that. But then also 
Amity, it's a true story, so nobody can really own it completely. So for years and years, there have been Amityville movies, and then in the past 10 years, there was this sudden explosion again in new Amityville movies, all made by different companies with different well, I wonder, different angles on them. And I, I wonder Dan, if the you new wonder, explosion— and then I want to talk about some of the angles after you say. Okay, I just wonder if some of the new explosion comes because of the Conjuring universe being— Big and the two uh, hucksters at the center of the Conjuring <laughs> world, the purported actual ghosts investigators, real life, uh, you know, people who just want to make money off of the idea of ghosts yeah. uh, at the center of the Conjuring are also they figure into Amityville lore. Yeah, and I wonder I think, if that's the. I think re- that's probably a big part of it. I think ever since, I mean, ever since Paranormal Activity, there's been like a haunted haunted house, low but low budget haunted house mm-hmm. resurgence. Um, but that the Amity- since 2011, there's been the Amityville Haunting, the Amityville Asylum, Amityville Death House, the Amityville Playhouse, Amityville No Escape, Amityville Vanishing Point, uh, the Amityville Terror, Amityville Prison, the Amityville Murders. That's not, and these are all not the the big budget one was Amityville The Awakening, uh, the Amityville Harvest, and Amityville Poltergeist, Witches of Amityville Academy, then Amityville Island, that Amityville Vampire, good. Amityville 1974. But then on IMDb, these are the ones that that showed up when I looked up Amityville in space uh, alongside it. There was also. Hold on. This is. There's also. Let's see. Amityville Cop. Amityville Germany. It's coming out next year. Amityville Bigfoot. Uh, Amityville Toy Box. Amityville Scarecrow. Uh, there's one, Amityville Clown House. Uh, there's a movie called Amityville Pooh Killer Poop Two. Um, Amityville Ghosts was another one. Uh, and the one. Let's see. There's also Amityville in the Hood, which I don't know how this haunted house in a very specific place ended up in the hood. Uh, a comedy called Amityville Karen. Uh, there's one called I mentioned Amityville Bigfoot, and of course Amityville Vibrator, which is a which is a comedy about a haunted vibrator in a haunted house. Uh, so there's there's a it's lot what, of a full moon uh, full moon picture. I mean, I'm sure a full moon is in the picture at some point, but uh, yeah. it, there's it's Amityville has just become shorthand for haunted house. So it's very funny that this one specific house it's now just shorthand for yeah. it. Uh, yeah. The way that you could say. Um, like Loch Ness monster to mean any kind of sea serpent, no matter where it is. But I, so you you have uh, answered, I guess, a question that I had, and that's because this is based on real life made up shit. Uh, it 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 is not copyrighted in the same way that like no, and that's why get, there's a, why there can also be a movie called Amityville House of Blues because yeah. you apparently because you can't copyright the idea of the blues <laughs> either. But yeah, that's so Amityville is a re, it's like if they like the movie. Um, Casablanca exists. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. But, and they when the Marx Brothers were making the movie A Night in Casablanca, Warner Brothers said, "Don't do that." And the Marx Brothers were like, "Well, it's the name of a city. Like we can use it. Yeah. We yeah. can't copyright the name of a city, you know." Uh, so mm-hmm. Amityville Casablanca should be coming out soon. It's about a haunted cafe during World War II. I also, I this is kind of oh in development <laughs> according to IMDb is Amityville Amityville Bulldozer, which is just Killdozer, I assume. <laughs> yeah. This is a slightly roundabout story, so I implore you to cut down on the interruptions. But um, did I mention I Amityville do, Leprechaun already? Oh God! I think I did. Uh, I'm just asking for trouble. No, I. You guys know I don't think you've been able to um, uh, drop by and see them because you're way too busy for such shenanigans. But I do a thing sometimes called Cinema Pandemica, where me and my friend uh, John, we, we like trade off times and then we also have guest people just to edit like a, an hour of clips of like on a theme, a bunch of stuff. Like it's just a thing we started doing during the pandemic to, sp- to spend the time. And I was putting together uh, a new one and it was going to be called Shark 2020. Well, it is called Shark 2020. 
and it's like I looked at all the movies tagged shark on IMDb and I pared it down to ones that were actually about sharks um, and were fiction films. So not and like I added Swimming with together. Sharks, which has no actual sharks in it. Yeah. But James I made like Woods a one-hour supercut of like shark movies from 2020 that doesn't really follow a normal narrative logic, but I tried to m- give it at least a sort of an exquisite corpse logic. Uh-huh. And one of the movies I downloaded was this Amityville Island by uh, Mark Polona, and I had to not use it in the thing because I was like, I scanned through the whole thing like three or four times being like, where's the shark in this? Like, why is this <laughs> tagged with the keyword shark? And then I'm like, well, I guess it's not. I can't use it, but it was kind of, I wanted to do it because it had some of the same, uh, <laughs> the same actors as close encounters of the shark kind mm-hmm. also by him. And I'd be like, oh, it'd be so confusing to people being like, yeah, the same actors <laughs> are like totally different characters <laughs> on top of all the other editing I'm doing. Anyway, that was a long walk. But I'm just to say that uh, this Amityville thing is sweeping the nation. It is. Crazy, I saw yeah. it just the other day. Yeah, I, you know, you guys might know that I'm a bit of a horror movie buff, mm-hmm. but I have to admit I've never seen an Amityville movie really? up until this point. There was there was one with Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah. Where he's so like wet that was, that and one shirtless more most of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> sort of the big budget remake. That was the one where he, he's a shirtless you. psycho dad, yeah. Yeah. The original with Josh Brolin and I think Margot Kidder. Uh, James Brolin. Is that right? James Brolin. It was Josh Brolin. James Brolin and Margot Kidder. He would have been a bit. Yeah, it's about Margot Kidder marrying a baby, and a ghost is like, that's crazy. <laughs> Don't do that. That one was a big hit, and it's kind of inexplicable because it is so boring. But I forget which one it was. Either two or three is kind of a, a bonkers horror movie, which I okay. know that you like. Yeah. Well, speaking like of it. bonkers, coming up next year, I think, or maybe later this year, is Amityville Thanksgiving. So <laughs> there's even more Amityville <laughs> Enjoyment to going on, but today we're talking. Yeah, about- Elliot has bonkers candy on Thanksgiving. That's why that was that was yeah, the only. It's a Jewish uh-huh. thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so the uh, so guys, let's talk about Amityville in space. That's the one we're here to talk about. Let's now do it. you know uh-huh. the background, everybody. Now Amityville is a haunted house. Murders took place in this house. Now it's full of ghosts, ghosts and goblins, ghouls and and geists. That's poltergeists, mm-hmm. not like Willie yep. Geist, the the former media person. Uh, <laughs> And, That's scary uh, in its own way, but <laughs> yeah, very much so. So uh, we begin. We're watching through a video camera viewfinder, which makes sense because the movie is entirely shot on video, on digital video. Uh, and uh-huh. I will mention right at the top, just this like is- j- just like uh, Michael Mann's movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at first I was like, did Michael Mann direct this? <laughs> did it's Michael all TV. Mann do this? <laughs> no, the images were actually a little clearer than than some of yeah. these TV movies. Uh, the so this is so it's small vember. This is maybe the smallest small vember movie we've ever. I mean, I guess a talking cat is a little smaller than this, but even, well, yeah, I'm not sure because I mean, like Andy the Talking Hedgehog at least had like what was it Dean Cain in it? Like this movie, it is so. It this is one of those movies where they're like, let's go to the ship, the, the spaceship computer, and it's clearly the editing computer, and it, yeah. it, everything is taking place inside the same living room or the same conference room, you know, or edit. Well, that's or, like, it's very small, but it's small in a way that movies never used to be. Now that like computers have given people the illusion that they can make anything look. Good, uh, because like I feel like this loosely is a mockbuster in its way. You know, like it's got its yeah, kind its, of its name that plays on a known quantity, and then it tries to do this special effects story, but it does it by just 
you know, compositing a picture of like a, a house into space, you know, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. put it, put like putting up some like t- aluminum foil on the wall to make it spacey. You yeah. Know, so whatever. I was wondering, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out, I guess I, I could have looked it up on IMDb maybe. I was trying to figure out what the, what the budget of this movie was. And I can't imagine it was more than two or $3,000. Mm-hmm. If that. What do you think? Yeah, and we just contributed to paying back uh, that that uh, budget. Well, that's well, the thing. Like, this is one of these <laughs> movies where I'm gonna. Uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I, I texted Elliot. I'm like, this movie shouldn't be so boring for how silly it is. Yeah, <laughs> but and I gotta say, looking at the looking at the poster art. I was kind of excited because you have the house is on like a rock that's a skull and the whole thing kind of looks like a late period Iron Maiden album cover. Yeah, sure. I'm like, why not? Eddie's a a house now. (laughs) He's a haunted house. Amityville Eddie. His travels through time and space have twisted him into a haunted house, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's hard to, like, what I... That being said, it's hard to kind of make fun of it as much as I want to just because it's like, yeah, well, clearly this, this is this guy's... Business model. He makes movies that cost almost nothing. He can sell them off, and he's a successful independent artist well, because the, of it. I kind of well, this <laughs> thing watching it. I was like, I admire that someone got together, that like a bunch of people got together and made a movie, regardless of how bad they knew it was going to look. Which is <laughs> a kind of confidence I have never had. I there's nothing stopping me yeah. from picking up a DV camera, making a movie at home, not worrying if it looks like garbage, and just making it. But it, except my own fear that someone's going to look at it and say this looks like garbage. Garbage, but these people don't care. And it, clearly, this is their business model is to make a movie for nothing, get guys who do a bad movie podcast to pay to rent it, and then make the <laughs> money back that way. And it's a brilliant yeah. business model. And if these days, with the explosion of podcasts, uh, you know, I can only assume he's doing great. Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I rather I assume it's the same way that you had he he made his bones, I guess, in the direct to video market where video stores needed stock to to fill their shelves. It's kind mm-hmm. of similar. Or drive-in theaters, the gears before that needed movies to show, so they'd show low-budget stuff. That like Amazon Prime and Netflix and others, they need poster thumbnails to just fill yeah. their screens with, and nobody's they ever going to choose this, but the poster will <laughs> fill a spot. So pretend they have a lot of content. What was that one we watched where uh, the guy morphs into a dog for a while? What's oh, the... a Love on a Leash. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Love on a Leash. Yeah. Well, but oh. you know what? That Oof. was that was pretty low. I forgot about that one. We did see some stinker yeah. small boys. So yeah, that, this is this is a small stinker, just like those ones. So we're watching. So again, Michael Mann directed it. We're watching through a video camera viewfinder at a house with a ghost in the window. <laughs> It's and mm-hmm. and the ghost in this manifests mainly as like uh, two glowy eyes that float around, or two yep. glowy lights that look vaguely like eyes. And uh, there's police tape around, and there's uh, you can reporter. You can tell she's a reporter because she's wearing a zip up sweatshirt, and mm-hmm. she says. And there's a couple of police you can tell because they're wearing berets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's it's in the in the the greatest tradition of student film. You you just have your friends pretending to be police officers, and they look nothing like it. Uh, this per- the person says something is going down at the Amityville house that resides, and she says talking about the evil that resides in this house, in our neighborhood, and in our nightmares. <laughs> and it's right off the bat, I was like, <laughs> I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying some yeah. of this dialogue. Uh, so that's yeah. when we're introduced to one of the main characters. This is Father Benna, uh, who I he. Uh, it's hard to take him. He's a priest, but it's hard to take him seriously as a priest, partly because he wears kind of like the kind of hat that like a white jazz musician wears, but also he has yep. hair like Larry Fine from the Three Stooges. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I kept thinking he has he has this air about him. I'm like a clown with his makeup off. Is that how you guys felt? Uh, well, I mean, I first, you know, this actor first came to my attention, of course, in a little film called Close Encounters of the Shark Kind. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where, course, yeah. yeah, we all remember he, it. Now, Dan, so did, you, am- did you take anything from their uh, other movie? Apparently he's in Sharkula. 
<laughs> like, is Dracula bites a shark? Yeah. Well, he. he he's... I mean, Elliot. <laughs> it could be that a shark bites a Dracula. That's fair. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a good and more likely, to be honest. But this character so convincingly embodied uh, chattier of two goons uh, <laughs> that I can't see him as anything else. Yeah. Now you he's know? now you say you can't see him as anything else. He d- of course he does play Father Benna in another movie apparently, Amityville Exorcisms. So this is a recurring uh-huh. character. But uh, oh yeah, because I mean when he shows up, the reporters like it's Father Benna. So like he's clearly everybody knows him. Yeah. You also probably don't take him serious, Elliot, because his priest's collar seems to be falling out the whole time. <laughs> Always. And and later when he when he throws holy water around, he has a little bottle with holy water printed on it. Uh, but Dan, some of the other roles that, and I don't like to make fun of people in low budget things completely, but just, so this actor, he's been, he also, he's played a lot of parts. He also, wait, he also played Father Mena in a movie called Noah's Shark. <laughs> So, mm. th- so Dan, I hope you also now it. that is a movie name. Th- yeah, Noah's I, that, Shark. I, it's that's a movie. That's a title to spark the imagination. Yeah, because what a what a what a bonanza for a shark. Noah's Ark is there's yeah, two of every animal yeah. on there. Uh, he yeah, was also yeah. in a movie called Jurassic Shark Two: Aquapocalypse. But he was in the movie. He's in a lot of these movies that are the same director made. There's Dune World. Which is a which is a, I don't know what it's a ripoff of, and uh, the Empire of the Apes movies. Uh, but sure. he, he also played a character named Yamoto in a movie called Zilla Foot, which makes me worries that he played a Japanese character, which would not be okay. Um, anyway, uh, there, he he's also, just like someone you know, and who was born in Japan and was given a Japanese. That's thing. possible. He also plays True, Captain yeah. Bermuda in the movie Land Shark and Klaus in the movie Sharkenstein. Uh, so Dan, you've got there's a lot of. There's a lot of mm-hmm. shark movies for you to look at. But anyway. If anything, it, at this point, we can agree he's probably a, an amateur ichthyologist. <laughs> but he's not. He's also kind of an amateur priest. He's not very good at it. He mainly just <laughs> remains calm. And, he said uh, a house into space. Well, he That's didn't true. do it. You'll, we'll see I what happens. Okay. He, re, he yeah. says this is the final confrontation. He tells the reporter and the cops to leave. And he walks into the house, and suddenly there's spooky lights and growling laughter immediately. And there's kind of this glowing cloud of flame. Describe the house, Elliot. The house is, looks like a house. Just looks like mm. a yeah, standard. Like Walked into a random person's house. Kind of a standard. At one point, you go into a bedroom and you can see, uh, yeah. you can see like a nice selection of Blu-rays and Xbox games. Yes, lining yeah, on yeah. the shelves. <laughs> that does happen later. Most of the movie <laughs> takes place in the living room, so it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny later when uh, one of the as jumping ahead, one of the astronauts shows up. Oh no, a, a cyborg shows up in the living room, you, yeah. and then it, and just looks over and sees that there's a demon, some sort of demon ninja, just standing on the <laughs> stairs looking at. Him. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Uh, so uh, this glowing cloud, he taunts him. Uh, he says, "Christ is powerless. Uh, Christ is very powerful, but this father is this this priest is weak, and he splashes holy water around from a surprisingly tiny bottle that just says holy water on it with a cross written. Looks on like it. a little hand sanitizer bottle. And there's a real battle of wills, which comes to a head, or should I say a hand, when the <laughs> demon uses telekinesis to twist Benna's surprisingly mannequin-y hand right off of his arm, <laughs> and it falls yeah. to the ground, clearly a mannequin's hand, not even attempting to make it look otherwise. Uh, Benna wins, though, somehow, and he says uh, he's going to sacrifice his life, and he calls on God to remove this house from the earth, causing the house to lift up into space, uh, uh-huh. and uh, in a sort of Gilliam-esque animation, not exactly realistic. <laughs> it- yeah, a transition like that would be fitting for one of my powerpoints. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, there's a real is a real there's a cut rate element to the whole movie, uh, and the house disappears, taking the priest with it. Then we get the titles. 
Amityville in space, and those yeah. run for a while over over space. A charitably long credit sequence. Yeah. Yes, for a movie that's an hour and fifteen minutes long, a, f- a fair amount of it is opening credits. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, we don't have time for opening credits. We're in space. It's the year thirty fifteen. That's right. Not quite a hundred years from now, but pretty close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a readout on screen that says it's thirty fifteen. This is the deep space cruiser Wyoming two two seven that's floating by. Uh, a space cruiser mm-hmm. that I like is named in honor of both the state Wyoming and the hit sitcom two two seven. Starring yeah. Jack Hay. <laughs> what if a movie like this just had like, you know, it'd be like the future, 3015, all disease has been eradicated, but one government rules the universe. Pants are optional. Like what if it just ended with like, yeah. like let's let's strap you into this part of world I mean, building. It's, it asks a lot of questions <laughs> and I hope the movie answers them. But mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the future liberals want. And yeah. by liberals, I mean me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess Winnie the Pooh and Donald Duck. <laughs> My style icons. Yeah, and Porky Pig. Uh, <laughs> Porky Pig is the leader, and he goes, well, we, we did it, did to discover it. I won't do any more stuff. It's offensive. <laughs> we discovered that, it, that we could remove people's freedoms to speech, religion, uh, protest, and uh, and community and other and other things as long as we gave them the freedom not to wear pants they yeah, fell it was the for it. Yeah, the discomfort of those pants that was doing all. And then it. we panned yeah. down to hell, and Hitler is like, "Ah, if only I realized pants was the key." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, back to back to this movie. Space. And back to this movie, which has put even less world building into it than we just put into ours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the mission is uh, that the spaceship is on is to destroy rogue black holes in space. This mm-hmm. creates the idea <laughs> of a rogue, nukes into a rogue black hole, which is a funny <laughs> idea because black holes are naturally occurring things. They don't have. It's not like they're. They're, they don't have they're, motivations. Or they're good ones, you know. And yeah. they destroy them by throwing nukes into them, which shouldn't work. A black hole's gravity is so dense, I assume it would just suck yeah. the nuke and the radiation uh-huh. right into it. But again, this is a movie about a yeah. haunted house that flies into space, so we can't really be that upset about them not getting the physics of black holes mm-hmm. exactly right. We w- and we will see, later on in the movie, we'll see animations of those nuclear rockets being launched from the launch bay. And the animation does look a lot like one of those animations when you get a strike at a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah. And a bo- what is a bowling alley but throwing something into a black hole? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a, not a black hole full of pins, but still. So uh, yeah. the crew, they all get their names on screen. Let's meet our robot roll call here. There's the cat, the leader, Captain Halstead. There's the medical officer, Dr. Nermy. She's the only woman on board. There's Jakowitz, the weapons specialist, <laughs> who his, appears to be managing things from the editing bay for the movie. And he has sunglasses on, which is how you know yep. he's a cool dude, I guess. And that's the extent <laughs> of the character personality building for Jakowitz. There's Maitland. He's the navigator. He has a beard. And as we'll learn, he likes to complain a lot. So he's kind of the Dan McCoy of the group. And, and he's basically always seated. Yes, and he's always sitting down. Again, kind of the Dan McCoy of the group. And then <laughs> <laughs> and then there's Vox, the cyborg analyst, which is— Can a, you explain the look of this uh, cyborg? I would yeah. love to. Maybe that's to. what you're going to get into. So we got to talk about Vox. So imagine you were wearing a child's Halloween costume that's meant for a like a hazmat suit, but it's mm-hmm. silver. And he mm-hmm. just kind of moves— herky-jerky like a robot and talks like this and is very logical. And I'm wondering yeah. what part of his him is a cyborg? Because Yeah, no, it's clearly just a man wearing, you know, some Mylar or whatever. Now, so No, 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 he, Dan, that was your Lar? I thought it was Mylar. <laughs> Sorry. Now, the question is, do you think he's the the character is supposed to actually be an android or do you think the character is actually supposed to be a guy pretending to be an oh, android? Yeah. Oh, and everyone what? 
on the <laughs> ship is just sort of indulging it. Because yeah, they yeah, know that's yeah. How they I get mean, the best I would work. love that. I mean, Roger Ebert said, you know, rest in peace, said that you can't you can't bring in things from outside of what you're shown on screen, mm-hmm. really. It's not yeah. fair. But I like that reading of it, that in the future there's a subset of people who just pretend that they're robots and everyone has to has yeah. to deal with it. And and uh-huh. our, one of our conservative listeners now is like, well, that's where we're heading. Kids are going to decide mm-hmm. they're robots and we're going to have to allow it. And I'm like, let's, come on. Let's look uh, this doesn't and, exist. And, st- and stop listening to our podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, keep pay, keep sending us money, but don't listen. Uh, so uh, Nermi, she's in the middle of giving Halstead a checkup. He he kind of hits on her, but it's as the movie unfolded, I was like, oh, he's just kind of being like a like a, a uh, it's the way that like a friend would like make a joke about a friend. It's not a he's not. I was worried there's going to be some scene where they have either a yeah. romance or harassment, but it's just. Uh, but she denies him anyway. He is tired of this mission, and she has a son back home who's waiting for her. And he's like, "How old is he now?" And she goes, three. And it's like, uh, thanks to the theory of relativity, that kid is probably like 50 years old now. So, sorry, yeah. Dr. Nermi. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if, the, if the deleted scene from Aliens taught me anything, it's your kid is a dead old person by yeah. now. So um, Jakowitz, he programs a black hole destroying missile, which as Stuart said, is is a CGI, uh, very, very flat graphic. It's great. Uh, and mm-hmm. Maitland, he's getting annoyed at Vox's logical thinking. Oh, why do you have to be so damn logical? And yeah. Maitland appears to work at a local news desk that has had foil put behind it. <laughs> and I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is one of the more inexplicable choices because there are like a couple there are a couple of shots in this where I'm like, okay, someone who kind of knew what they were doing like worked on this. There's like, you know, it looks wow, cheap. High praise. No, no. I mean, it looks cheap, but you're like, you've got these CGI built environments of a spaceship. And then you have, you know, a, a wall that just has like billowing <laughs> metallic fabric on it, uh-huh. shooting uh, lights back into the camera, yeah. <laughs> like all these yeah. hot spots. And so it's, sim- and- it's similar to when they go to the, he goes to the futuristic comm device and it's clearly a desktop with an Apple logo right on the front yeah. of it. Well, I actually want to get to that, but like with this scene, I'm just like, does the same director look at this and be like, yeah, okay, sure, this is a belief. Like, it seems like this director is pumping at about a movie a month, so I don't think he's spending that much time. I know, but some of it has effort. I, but the thing I I thought about when the Apple computer came up, I'm like, yeah, like in a better movie, like this could be like a sort of an Alphaville thing where not everything is modern, like. I kind of or, wonder, or even a satirical thing where like they work for Apple. Apple's the world government now, and like Apple has sent mm-hmm. them out to to blow up black holes or whatever. Yeah, you, know, you could, but you could work with it. But it is, I mean, it is but a movie I, in which not everything is futuristic because almost nothing they have is futuristic. But I like that this guy's sitting down to what is clearly just a computer on a desk because I'm like. Yeah, why wouldn't that still exist in the future? Why in the future does everything have to be built into a console or the wall? So you have to like, uh, what happens with that wall needs to get ripped up or what? You know, like it's a yeah. good point. But also, when they walk into a house, as we'll get to, they act as if they have no idea what it is because it's yeah. so far in the future, which I think was very funny. But anyway, so uh, Halston yeah. reports is reporting to Madame Tice, who seems to be a, some sort of a galactic president but also uh-huh. she keeps hitting on him and she invites him to get drinks when they come back for a rest break uh, but it's she, a, kind of a wild interaction yeah, yeah. It, it starts out business and very quickly becomes pleasure uh well also she talks in such a like a, a clearly like i'm making a double entendre like mm-hmm. sort of voice where it's like i've always found you to be very accommodating uh-huh, <laughs> it um, sent me into like this thought spiral where i'm like do i know anyone who has ever like talked to me in that 
tone. Like, but in it's not an entendre unless you give it that tone, because otherwise yeah. it just sounds like I don't know. I mean, it, it's just it, it's she, interesting acting. She may have well just been like, I thought maybe we could get together for some sex. Quotes. Like, wait. So hold on. Is that is it? Well, is, is that a not even entendre? Like, is that a zero entendre? Yeah. If you're gonna be that obvious, why don't you just say like, "Hey, I can't wait till you come back to Earth so we can fuck." <laughs> yeah. Well, this is because this movie is PG. I think probably technically. Yeah. Uh, so they encounter. Oh no, there's some swearing in it. Uh, they encounter the. So it is our hard R. They encounter the largest <laughs> black hole on record, and they're about to shoot it with a missile when Vox says to stop because there's an item floating through space, and they're baffled as to what it is. It seems to be made out of wood with some metal, and there's organic uh-huh. material. It's a house. Uh-huh. They've never seen a house. This is less than a no, hundred yeah. years in the future, and yeah, they've very strange. never seen. Oh, no, sorry. No, this is less than. Oh, wait a minute. This is less than a thousand years in the future. I did my math so wrong earlier. This is less than a thousand years in the future. I meant to say earlier. And they uh-huh. don't know what a house is. And it's like, if you went back to the year 1022 and you walked up to, you were in a village and you saw a house, you wouldn't be like, what is this? This thing. You'd be like, <laughs> oh, it's an old house. Is this some kind of mud-based domicile? Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking inside. I'm seeing some sort of bed-like thing. It's a straw mm-hmm. in a, some kind of primitive sleeping uh, horizontal. But I meant to, earlier when I said 100 years, I meant to say 1,000 years. It's less than 1,000 years in the future, but they keep saying, later they're like, your, your religion disappeared eons ago. And it's like, eons ago? I don't, yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, uh, there's a house floating. They don't know what it is. Uh, it gives Dr. Nermi a scared feeling, and Vox detects a life form inside. And then they experience a shockwave, which creates a goat head pentagram floating in space between <laughs> them and the house. Mm-hmm. And now, Elliot Stewart, as metalheads, did you both uh, just jump, leap out of your seat and just sort of psychically astral project so you could high-five each other? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what of happened. That's did. what happened. Yeah, yeah. I immediately played have all... You been lo- have you been uh, secretly looking at our text thread? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our collective text thread? <laughs> no, the, the Stuart oh. and Elliot secret text thread. God. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I can't I mean, believe you would do that to me. I mean, Dan, you and I have a separate text thread from our Flophouse <laughs> text thread. But... <laughs> Don't tell Stuart. What? <laughs> uh, the, uh... But you said I was special. <laughs> <laughs> you are special, just not that special. Anyway, I'm I moving along. I said that came out. You're not making eye contact with me, Ellie. That's <laughs> a clear know. sign that you're lying. The uh, uh, no, but Dan, you're right. I immediately stopped, listened to all three albums from Green Lung, the uh, the English pre-Christian metal band, and uh, <laughs> and then went went back to this one. And they're all like, they're like, it seems evil. And then one of the, I think maybe the captain is like, could be a coincidence, <laughs> like as if, as if this is some just cosmic thing that happens. Yeah, it's just a normal thing that happens. So, and we get a lot of shots where uh, we will get to see we see the spaceship, we see the black hole. We see the pentagram, and then we see the house, uh, and it looks really cool. And it would be a great uh, desktop uh, or background or a screensaver. Yeah, it's got a real Adult Swim type quality. Uh, a lot yeah. of the, a lot of this. Uh, so uh, Maitland is like, send Vox to investigate. Now we don't care if anything happens to him; he's just a cyborg. And uh, and so and that's when Doctor Nermi. What we get for the first time, we get to see the kind of like the ship CGI hallways with someone actually walking through them. And it doesn't work mm. that great. It's just someone in front of a green screen with a with this CGI. And I imagine, Dan, the reason it looks so much better is they probably bought these pre-made from somewhere. Like these are, yeah, I yeah. imagine this is stock spaceship hallway graphics. That's, that a, good, that's a good point. And that's uh, where the majority of the, of the $700 budget went to probably. And uh, she senses a presence 
right before something falls and narrowly misses her. And the way this is framed, I could not tell what it was. It seemed to be a support beam, but I don't know why you would have one of those in the <laughs> spaceship hallway. It might have been a pool noodle. What was it that fell and almost it, hit her? It might be the sloppiest cat scare I've seen in a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like a mop, right? It was like was a mop was? candle, literally. I, like, like, I knew it was a long, I feel like it a was, long straight line of some kind. Yeah, it was basically just like the rake gag from The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes into her office and she's attacked by, she describes them as tentacles, but they look like pool noodles that are coming out of the camera. <laughs> yeah. So it's like our monster's eye view of these pool noodles just hitting her and then they disappear mm-hmm. and she's like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so Vox- and I know about I don't know about you guys, but at this point I'm like, I think we're in for a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this movie has checked off all the boxes of quality. Uh, so Vox beams over to the house, uh, and Nermi is now like, Elliot. Let's clarify. So they, this uh, spaceship has a transporter technology, yes, which involves somebody walking into like a little closet, and you can clearly see on the back of the closet it says "revolving dark room door." <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> printed on the wall. <laughs> Uh, similar to the previously mentioned Apple logo on the Apple computer. <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Uh, they, they they were very. Uh, I mean, there's, maybe there's something kind of pen and tellerish about how open they are <laughs> with the everyday about, props they were using for this. I mean, clearly yeah. they were relying on the performance to sell the illusion. <laughs> this yes, was the exactly. first. It's like Dogma '95 sci-fi movie. <laughs> well, much like much like uh, Frederick March and uh, sorry, Frederick March, Fred, Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck had to mime using an ignition key in a car in a, in a, a double indemnity because the fake car they were in did not have a real dash. So they had to mime turning the key, the engine not starting, being nervous, turning it again, the engine starting. Uh, just as they had to do that, these people have had to use the, fall, go, fall on all their object work and their acting training to mime being in a transmitter that is not just a revolving yeah. dark room door. Yeah. No, I saw that sign, the revolving dark room door sign, and I immediately thought of like the moment in Ed Wood where uh, where Tor Johnson like when he walks bumps into, into the doorway, walks into the doorway, and it was like in real life you deal with that problem every day because of the size. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there yeah. is a moment later on with a with a disembodied hand that is just like the scene with Bela Lugosi having to wrap tentacles around himself and then pretend that he's fighting an octopus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Von, uh, so uh, Halstead, so uh, Nermi is like, I was attacked by a tentacle monster and then it disappeared. And Halstead goes, mm, sounds like you got a case of nerves. Vox, he transmits into the house. Uh, we get his POV of just wandering around a house, very house of the devil. And he IDs it as a primitive <laughs> yeah. living quarters with oxygen. And Jacobitz is like, I don't believe it. Everyone is always rude to Vox. They're so anti-cyborg. Yeah. It's really offensive. And yeah. he wanders around for a while when there's a, suddenly, and there's a hooded demon man on the stairs. Uh, and Who's like standing like he had just come down to like meet his date. He was upstairs in, his, upstairs in his man cave and decided, yeah, I will have some ice cream and walked halfway downstairs for realizing there was a cyborg in the living room. Dan, can you describe this demon uh, creature? Uh, well, you only see... I mean, don't you see like half his face? Because like the the top half, he's got a little, he's got like a fringe, like ninja mask, yeah, a little modesty veil. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, he's I don't know, he's kind of like a dark, like a gray or purpley kind of thing. He looks Mm -hmm. kind of pruny faced. Yeah, your your standard sort of demon, you know, spirit Halloween demon mask. Yeah, Yeah, off the rack mask. Yeah, 
I would uh, say. With wearing a lot of black, he does have bare human hands, and <laughs> when he moves his head in uh, different directions, you can see he also has bare human skin uh, in his neck joints. And as the movie goes on, I mean, you can obviously his lines were dubbed in afterwards. There's no moving mouth. What? Mask. what? But as but as the movie goes on, he gets more and more overly effusive with his head movements when he's supposed to be talking to he's the point great, where he, yeah. it looks like his head he's just jerking his head around at times yeah, to, to represent amazing. speech. Uh, so uh, Vox sees this demon, but his visual feed back to the spaceship is not showing it. And the demon calls himself Legion. And uh, then- and Vox says, does not compute, which yep. is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Legion it's like, had... what? You're supposed to know all the names in the universe? Come on, Vox. It's not a Tobin here. spirit guide. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish that Legion had said, well, Vox is a pretty messed up name too. But <laughs> and, uh, Legion grabs Vox's face and the feed goes down. Oh no. And Jacowitz goes, let's just blow up the house. Who cares about Vox? And Halstead is like, no, we should rescue him. And, and actually, yeah, we should re- like, actually a good point. Yeah. Yeah. We should rescue. He's got, you know, great infographics can sort of explain difficult things in the news to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you, you just know, other, Vox, the, the website. Other things that Vox does. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're know, very good at explaining the ends of movies that needed no explaining. Clarity. <laughs> uh, do they recognize the union, <laughs> by the way? I would, say, I would say Vox tends to actually stick itself to the ones that actually explain it. Other I don't sites know about that. have no problem being like. Anyway. Yeah, before we praise them too much, do they uh, recognize their union or no? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember. That's no, I don't know point. anything about the workings of them. I don't want to make any claims for them okay. as a as a as a work site. They do explain the news well, but they should pay uh, people yeah. to write. Yeah. So uh, anyway. we here at the Flophouse agree. <laughs> we stand. We stand up for labor organization and fair wages. Uh, in fact, more than fair wages. Forget fair wages. Yeah. Generous wages. Uh-huh. Yeah. Enough Extravagant wages. wages. Well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah ludicrously extravagant wages and healthcare. Uh, so uh, Halstead and Nermi, they take plastic guns and they beam over. These plastic guns are so funny. They're just <laughs> yeah. toy plastic lasers. And when almost every, almost throughout the movie, whenever you have them firing, they're very noticeably pointing them off frame so you just hear the sound effect. And later on, yeah. they have to check their weapons before they all go into the haunted house. And, and uh, Maitland is checking the weapons and he just kind of shakes them or like squeezes them a little bit because there's yeah. no way to yeah. check them. They have no moving parts. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also... You know, the one I remember most was like just sort of flat red. They did no additional painting yeah. to sort yeah. of give yeah. it. I would have loved sort of like a like a bad boys or like a like a hot fuzz style gear up montage with these crappy <laughs> <Yeah>. women. <laughs> there's there's no indicate that like none of the actors are making any effort to indicate weight. <laughs> like they're clearly no, not at all. plastic weight <laughs> weapons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish they were just sticking them in their side pockets of their pants. <laughs> <laughs> so uh they go so they be so the two of them beam onto the ship, they tra- they transmit over, and they just kind of spend their time again more house the devil stuff just walking around they try out recliners they laugh at an old like, tv this seems this seems to be like some kind of primitive nutrition center <laughs> yeah when they go to the kitchen that was the part that made me when they laugh at the tv they're like look at that monitor and they're like <laughs> and i'm like you were just using like just a normal uh, iMac Pro earlier. They have in in in, in, in in a bunch of the scenes, they have tube monitors. They have old TVs that are hugely law, deep <laughs> yeah. because they have t- vacuum tubes in them. Like, it's, it's crazy. Look exactly the same. Or whatever kind of tube it is in an old TV. But yeah, the, a flat screen TV, you'd think they'd be like, cool, look at this. Uh, and uh, Normie is briefly spooked by a hand scudding, scuttling along the floor, and Halstead rolls his eyes at her. Ugh. Medical officers always seeing things. Yeah, uh, and they find Vox depowered on the floor. Halstead goes, "Looks like something tore him to pieces," which is not the case at all. He's in not one true big at all, piece. Yeah. 
It's mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous that's, thing. That's to when say. you kind of have to go off script to kind of deal with your actual <laughs> environs, right? Yeah, I guess that's. <laughs> I'm true. not an actor, you know. <laughs> You got. He, he decided to radio play it a little bit, just to just to give the audience more of a of a excitement. And then, uh, uh, Legion's glowing eyes appear before Nermi, and she walks upstairs in a trance and points to a closet door. While the zombie hand is creeping around, Halstead opens the door, and it's a closet. And inside is Father Benna in what appears to be like a coma or something. And <laughs> Nermi comes out of her trance, anxious. She doesn't remember it, and they mm-hmm. transfer back, taking Father Benna with them. Maybe this retired clown can tell them what's going on in this haunted house. And here's where I want to stop and say one thing. Yeah. Watching this movie, I was like, when we picked Amityville in space, I was like, this is a dumb idea for a movie. And then watching it, the more and more I was like, this is a good idea for a movie. Like, it's a really cool idea to have, don't have the opening, but have a spaceship find a haunted house, like a real house floating in space. And they got to put on their spacesuits and wander around this house. Maybe the house is much bigger on the inside than it appears on the outside. It's spooky, you know? And there's ghosts in the uh-huh, yeah. I love the idea of astronaut uh, like spacemen having to explore a haunt, a really scary haunted house but this movie has no budget and it doesn't have uh-huh. any ideas of what to do with this so i felt like well, I they mean, took this amazing the idea and des- just wasted it you know the movie you're describing elliot is not far from event horizon I know, which is a really good movie <laughs> it is really good and i wish that event horizon could have gone further and been instead of a haunted spaceship that takes the place of a house like a real i think there's something really eerie yes. about like you go to <laughs> like finding a house in space and wandering through it and like for some reason it has gravity like it, the laws of reality yeah, don't affect this house it's really cool but it's not what they do in this movie but anyway it's a good the idea. version of that i want is they find a haunted Fun house in space. Oh, so it's save a it of, for the sequel. It's a bunch of astronauts walking around, and then like just like a spring-loaded skeleton pops yeah. out. Of I mean, that's, so that sounds really like a very good sequel then, no, to Killer yeah, Clowns from Outer Space. Like yeah. some air bursts into their face. Man, I did the Spookorama at the at the uh, Coney Island recently. There's a part that we went by that was just like it was like when you go to the eye doctor to get your eyes tested, and they burst a bunch of air into your eyes and that was all it was. I mean, I guess the scary thing is I don't know what diseases just came <laughs> yeah. into my body. You said right I know now. the Spookorama was in four D. Whoa. Yeah. Uh so they they uh they find Benna, they take him back and Nermi examines it goes, Oh Benna's not dead. He's in some sort of suspended animation. And it's a surprisingly casual conversation considering yeah. they found an ancient house with a person in it and brought him no. back and he's still alive. It's just kind of very casual about it. And then Benna opens his eyes. And he's clearly he's clearly missing a hand. Yes, uh, the space pentagram starts glowing, and Benna starts choking Nermi, which he, you think he wouldn't be able to do that well because he's just got the one hand. And then he snaps out of it and yells, no, no, and runs away. Red alert, red alert, uh-oh. Quick cut montage of stuff as Benna wanders through the green screen corridors. There's a red alert siren. He runs to the weapons room and starts typing on a keyboard, uh, and then Halstead Maitland hit him with a stun ray. And they're like, how did he know the launch sequence? Uh, and we never learned that. How we learned yeah, we the long sequence. Uh, then we get a demon's eye view of wandering around the house for a while. Uh, and Legion is just kind of talking to himself about how there's so many places to rule on high yeah. in this new future. Uh-huh. And uh, the the crew uh, goes into what appears to be either a utility room or a conference room. And they interrogate Benna. And, they, and he goes, I'm from Earth. And they go, Earth? Oh, yeah, that was that planet that was destroyed by an exploding sun centuries ago. And he's like, oh, yeah, I believe in God. And they're like, huh, that's an ancient thing. Nobody remembers that mm-hmm. anymore. It's, things have changed so much in the less than 1,000 years. And it's it's pretty impressive that he, spe- he has such a good grasp of galactic common as well, right? <laughs> yeah, that, that, in, yeah, that, that, yeah. that, uh, that uh, universal basic in English still remains the same language. <laughs> that's true. There's been no language drift over the centuries yeah. and millennia. Yeah, or ethnic drift. You could still have an all-white crew of this of this intergalactic <laughs> ship. We never see a non-white person in the entire movie, I think. Uh, 
Benna handles all this, and he learns that he handles this information pretty easily. It's it's not that big a shock to him to learn that he's in the future and the Earth is he gone. He didn't have a lot going on back that's in his true. time, it seems. And he's like, know? I mean, he's still coping with the loss of a hand. That's <laughs> that's true. Everything everything pauls before that. Well, I mean, you know, every, you know, it, it seems like a small sacrifice to him. In that's the face true. Of, yeah, yeah, in the face of Satan. Yeah. I mean, to defeat Satan, I'd lose a hand too. It's a pretty that's a pretty fair because you'd be famous for one thing. You get a cool robot mm-hmm. hand, like in I Know Who Killed Me. It's true. Yep. I, and yeah. I will say, maybe it's that it's the enormity of the thing. There's that scene in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where Arthur Dent can't quite comprehend the idea of no more Earth, and so he has to think about how there's no more McDonald's hamburgers, and that's something that he can kind of feel something about because it's small yeah. enough for him to comprehend. Um, and I think about that all the time, how there's going to come a point when either I die and Popeye's is still around or Popeye's ends before I die. And I don't know which one I'd be sadder about if I die. And I know there's still Popeye's chicken out there that I'm not going to get to eat. Or if Popeye's runs its course before I do, and I have to live a life without that amazing, delicious chicken. Cause I love that chicken from Popeye's guys, which do you think would be uh-huh. worse? Oh, I thought your sadness what I mean, like you're gonna die either way, Elliot. So I thought the sadness in the one. I'm not so sure, Dan. Scenario mm-hmm. was just <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. You know, your children and your children's children. There's a chance be denied Elliot- the chance to know the deliciousness. I mean, of that's. I mean, my children already know it well, but yeah, I want my grandchildren to know it certainly. There is a chance that Elliot will be loudly having a conversation in an inn about how he will never die, mm. and then death and uh, the Lord of Dreams will be walking by overhear him and grant his wish and oh, he'll live forever. What a Dan. sweet deal. And every hundred years, I know I don't have to make plans on one yeah. day because I already have yeah, plans. Also, you know, occasionally it could happen that Elliot, you know, takes the bag that death has uh-huh. and orders death into the bag. Yeah. yeah oh, that could happen. Okay. And all I really um, wanted was a set of, everyone. all I wanted was He's, a deck of yeah. magic cards that never lost. But instead I decided to put death in that bag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these are all, Good possibility. These are all things that have happened. Pick your own. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own death venture. Uh, So uh, he's like, well, anyway, it's a house, and there's evil in it, and I fought it, and I lost my hand, and God took us up into the heavens. And Halstead is like, this guy's crazy. And Benna says, this demon won't stop until it destroys the galaxy, which I don't know why he would assume that. It's not what the demon is saying. The demon wants to rule the galaxy. Uh, Yeah. And Nermi is like, I believe him. And Halstead says, it's all a series of coincidences. And they lock up Benna. They take him out of that room and take him to what looks like the same room and lock him up. And but Benna vows to the universe that he's going to finish this. And uh, Nerma's Nermi's like, "Are we ever going to get home?" And Halsey goes, "Sure, we will." Uh, and uh, Benna gets those demon floaty eyes again. And then the eyes go down the ship's corridor to the Apple computer that Halstead uses. And when he calls Madame Tice, oh, and uh, the uh, the Legion calls Madame Tice and then chokes uh-huh. her through the computer and turns yeah. her evil. And you kind of wonder at the, after that point, why is Legion bothering with anything else on this spaceship? Yeah, man. When he's Maybe turned, there's no, yeah, there's no transmit point. over normal radio frequencies. And he's or already, he's, they use. Yeah. he's already converted the Empress of the Galactic um, uh, Kingdom or something to evil. At the very least, the head of this corporation. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, who Someone goes by the title Madam. Uh, yeah. And Maitland falls asleep at his post. And this is the series, uh, each, this is a series of scenes in which each of the crew members has a dream where Legion transports them to the house or somewhere and messes with them in some way. So he trans, uh, Maitland wakes up in the house and 
it's implied, I guess, that Legion is crushing him. You hear like crushing noises, but it, Maitland's yeah. just going, ah, ah, ah. And then he wakes up at his desk and goes, what the fuck? <laughs> Which was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Legion wanders into the weapons room and he sends Jacowitz into sort of a space void where he encounters an evil vision of Benna and the zombie hand grabs Jacowitz's head and he tries to shoot off the zombie hand and shoots himself and then wakes up and goes, huh? And then... Nermi's yeah. transported to the house and she gets a headache and she's attacked by evil versions for crewmates and Vox stabs her and Nermi goes, why? And Legion goes, because I want to. And the delivery is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I uh, mean, like that last one causes damage, but up until that point, it's just like, okay, I guess they're having bad dreams. Well, this is still a bad like, dream because Legion snaps okay. her neck and she wakes up crying. Yeah, and then oh, right, right, right. Ben is tossing and turning in his sleep and, uh, and Halstead, now he finally appears in the house and he gets surprised by Legion and he goes, what the hell? And Legion says, exactly, hell. <laughs> and, oh, that's and great. He and, he and Halstead, for some reason, can now go on to have a, a very casual conversation about the nature of evil. And Legion... His personality I, is never quite clear. I love it. It's, yeah. He goes, he goes, I, he goes, I am, shall we say, malevolent. <laughs> <laughs> and Legion. I shall say that. <laughs> Not to put too fine a point on it, some have described me as pure evil. <laughs> yeah. And he's, it's very weird to have Legion suddenly be like the like chatty kind of charming devil when before yeah. he was just kind of a mean devil. Uh, and Don't worry, I'm the baddie. <laughs> and they talk about good and evil and Satan's backstory and uh, Legion goes, do you and like the to- devil's backbone. Yeah, the devil's movie. backbone and uh, the devil's staircase which is part of the West Highland Way. It's the a devil's hiking trail. funny bone. Mm -hmm. uh, the devil's the devil's coccyx. tower. Yeah. <laughs> the devil's anvil, stirrup and other bone in your ear. <laughs> Hammer. Yep. Hammer, that's what it is. Uh, and, and Legion goes, do you like to play games? And Halston says, no. <laughs> Which is a hilarious response. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it makes you wonder if in the beginning of Scream, when he says, do you like scary movies? Does he, she say yes or no? Because if he was like, do you like scary movies? And she goes, no. And he goes, oh, well, then I guess you don't have a frame of reference for what I'm doing right now. Uh, um, uh, yeah. Is it what no, I expected? She, um, she indicates a general fondness for the genre. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Halstead's eyes start to bleed and he wakes up seeming slightly perturbed. Halstead is never really affected by much of anything. Uh, anyway, Benna ben wakes up, he sees Legion on the ship, and uh, Benna seems more annoyed than scared. Wait and, a minute, is this is this where he wakes up on his cot and you can clearly see somebody standing in front of him and he like takes his time, he puts his hat on his head, he sits up <laughs> yep, in his cot, yes. and then he looks up and then it cuts to Legion just standing there. Yeah, yeah, and Legion <laughs> like, was He's very like, politely waiting time. for him to adjust himself <laughs> yeah. and get ready for the conversation. Uh, <laughs> Legion is like, God is gone. Evil has won. We're in the void. There is no God here. Which implies, okay, Dan, your dad is a minister, right? So, uh, Well, yeah, he was at one point. In his okay, life, yes. he's a, he's a, he was kicked out of the church, right? But he, he has a basic, <laughs> he has a basic <laughs> understanding. So He was a minister, then he became a theology professor, and now he is retired. Oh, okay. I thought you said something about failed exorcisms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too many uh, so, failed exorcisms. So the idea that in the void of space, there's no people, I guess, so there's no God, uh -huh. really runs up against my idea, my understanding of God, which is that the entirety of creation sure. is his and he's everywhere. Yes, Even the places where there's no people. And omnipotent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I Maybe he means that, like, in the same way that, you know, there's certain parts of my life that are that I don't think about it at all because it would just be sort of a waste of my time. Oh, I see. You know, yeah. so maybe God's just not paying a lot of attention. So, so the vast, that, re the vast, vast reaches of outer space are kind of like a gym membership God has that he just forgets yeah. about yeah. and it gets, it gets auto-billed every month. Okay, I can see mm -hmm. that. Uh, mm -hmm. And it reminds me of the time when I went through a really rough patch 
And uh, mm-hmm. I, oh, I'm I, sorry. And I said, God, what, what's going on? And he said, Look behind you in space. And I said, Well, there's just one spaceship. And, I, I, and he goes, Those were the times when I was piloting the spaceship, and you were in hypersleep. And I was like, God, I don't think the metaphor really that works the way you wanted to. God. What is hypersleep anyway? He's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a cold hibernation of some kind. Well, wouldn't you want to say cryosleep? Sleep plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sleep plus. You know, right? Sounds pretty good, honestly. This is even better. <laughs> well, it's like a full night's sleep, but you do it in 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. But it lasts 100 that years. sounds pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, they talk about how evil's over, and Legion says, Why don't you join me and serve at my right hand? Wouldn't that be ironic? Which. Uh, <laughs> is, is, <laughs> <laughs> I love it's, the, it's a good move. That the, he almost got him. The, he's, uh, the, yeah. Ben is like, it would be ironic. I love the irony of that. Um, <laughs> and this is when he's really overacting his head bobbing for the for the conversation. Anyway, it goes on for a while. They talk about prophecies. Ben realizes he's lost his cross, and he asks God why he's forsaken him. And then evil Madam Tice calls Halstead and berates him. And you can tell she's evil because she enunciates everything she's saying. Captain yeah. Halstead, because that's how evil people talk. Is they, and her hair is kind of in her face. Yeah, and her hair is a little bit messier, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, and uh, she says, tow the house back, back not, to— Not full, like, Ringu or anything, but, you know, it's, yeah. you know. It's like, not, right, that's right it's behind not brushed. Uh, goatee for, like, hair indicator of evil. Yes, yes. Hair and face, goatee, you're evil at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and she says, tow the house back to the home planet. The Council of Elders has spoken. And he goes, well, I disagree <laughs> with the elders. And she threatens him, and he calls an emergency meeting. And that's when Halston encounters Legion in the hall— and we hear, but don't see like, the hey, blaster fire. Up? Yeah, Legion is just kind of hanging <laughs> yeah. around, and and Halstead uh, points his gun off camera, and then we hear blasters, and Legion disappears. Uh, everybody meets up. Halstead's like, I believe Benna now. Now that I know that the the Empress is evil, and there's a demon on the ship, I've seen him. And Benna goes, We have to destroy the house to stop Legion. He says, "Quote, it's it's life force. It, it, that's the point of it's life force for whatever reason, uh, because the movie's not bothering. It's kind of like in in a." in uh, The Rise of Skywalker where they were like, the Emperor's back somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yada, 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 the Emperor. And they say they're going to set explosive charges in the house, blow it up, and then nuke the black hole. And uh, Madame Tice calls, but they pretend they can't hear that the call is coming in. <laughs> uh, like, oh, terrible reception. Oh, uh, we're going through a space tunnel. I think tunnel. that's literally the joke they use. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they do say terrible reception. Uh, they prep their equipment, which means just kind of shaking plastic guns and a bend of praise. Uh, they beam into the house. Uh, and Benna finds his dropped holy water, and Tice calls and orders Jakowitz to stand down, but he gives away their plans, and she demonizes him. Uh, and they plant yeah. the charges, and then uh, he blocks. And the and- charges are—they're uh, like bombs, right? Yes, yeah, they're like little. They bombs. look like they look like tiny little, like they look like the little magnetic things that you put your keys in or something. Yes, which is probably what they are. Uh, and Jakowitz blasts Maitland in a trance, and I was like, "Oh no, how are they going to beam back?" Uh, the zombie hand attacks, and then the house shakes, and a kind of. Uh, how would you describe this monster? I, I, he seemed to be like a coughed up hairball covered in eyes and tentacles. So, okay. So a little backstory. I mean, I would describe this monster as sort of like a monster made out of yarn that's sort of undulating and it's got a bunch of like googly eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, a little backstory, Audrey's nephew, Cy, was here uh, last night and part of today we were uh, babysitting basically. You do not tell me you showed him Amityville in space. No, well, I here's the thing. Like we went, we got up early. We went to the park with the understanding that I would leave at a certain point. They would stay out. They'd meet Sai's mom. They'd go all go to IKEA, as uh, previously said. You know, and the point was, 
Oh, Don't I feel like I'm watching. Kid. I feel like I'm watching Go. It's different stories yeah. that are all intersecting out of order. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to. Don't want this kid to see any of Amityville in space because it is nominally a horror movie. Like ahead of watching it, I'm like, it's probably not gonna be scary, but probably best not for the kid to to see it. And then Audrey, at a certain point, was like, "It's too hot. We got to come back. We're gonna hang out in the other room." I'm like, "That's fine. This movie is just boring. It's not scary at all." And then. The one part that Sai was around where a monster was there, it was this monster. <laughs> and I'm like, this monster's just kind of cute. And, it looks like and something Cy, at a Yo Gabba Gabba, yeah. Yeah, Cyrus looked over and he goes, pretty cute. <laughs> and so I guess I would say So that, wait, his hair wasn't bleached white from terror? Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah. this film, this, horror, this ostensible horror movie has failed to scare a six-year-old, so probably yeah. it may not have, you know, reached yes. all its core competencies. Yeah. And it's a good thing we didn't watch it for Shocktober as <laughs> What you're saying. Uh, and True. The, so this monster, he starts out, correct me if I'm wrong, he seemed to start out stop motion and then he was clearly just a th- model they were waving in front of the camera, right? Yeah. Um, and That's what it looks like, yeah. Yeah, and they, they run away from it really easily. Uh, they escape into a closet and that's when they learn Jakewitz has been corrupted and, uh, oh yeah, Benna throws holy water on the monster. That's right. And the captain reveals, so this, I was like, how are they going to beam back? And the captain goes, oh, well, I do have this pocket, this, this machine in my pocket that I never mentioned before that has the power to beam us back. <laughs> and it works just fine. Well. Uh, they beat up Jakowitz. They set off the charges and blow up the house. Legion yells. And then Jakowitz creeps out cartoonishly. Like the, it is, mm-hmm. so this scene, yep. they're like, we did it. We blew up the house and they're all bent over a console and Jakowitz, he might as well just be on tiptoes with a piano going, doo, dee, yes. dee, dee. he creeps out so easily. It looks like he's trying to, it, it looks like he's a performer who's just trying to like slip off stage without anyone noticing. Yes, there's a real children's pantomime kind of like, where's Jakowitz? Behind you, behind you. What, behind mm-hmm. here? No, over there, over there. <laughs> like that element to it. Uh, and he's about to to uh, start the missiles to launch. I'm not sure why. And Nermi shoots him and then they redirect the missile after it's been launched to nuke that pentagram in space. <laughs> which nuke means- that pentagram! <laughs> uh, which means also that the black hole is still there and Benna says, thank goodbye, I have accomplished my mission and just wanders off. He's on the same <laughs> spaceship as him. Like, I don't know where he's going or yes. what he's doing. It's, you know, a, it's such a funny it's exit. It's a bunk time. Like, they're just the gonna bump into him in the like, crew lounge. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just need your own space. You need to have yeah. this feeling of control where you can control your physical environment. That's fair. I get it. And I have to imagine, like, he's been waiting a thousand years almost to defeat Legion and they finally did it. And I'm sure he's feeling glad, but there's also got to be an emptiness about that. Like, this was his whole life yeah. for a long time. And now what does he have? Not mm-hmm. Everything he knows is gone. He's stuck on the spaceship. Uh, he's, he a, he, he's missing a hand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although it's the future. I bet they can give him a new one. They have cyborgs. Uh, and uh, the heroes re- realize their engines were knocked out, and they're drifting towards the black hole. And Nermi says they should pray. Uh, then that's when Benna sprinkles holy water around again, and he lures Legion into the transmitter. I forgot Legion is back, is still on the ship. And yep. uh he starts strang. Oh, he's he basically walks into the transmitter and allows Legion to walk in with him and start strangling him. And then he uh tra- Halsted beams them both into space and then blasts them with the ship's lasers. Uh, and then we get a quick <laughs> moment where Benna arrives in heaven and is told he li- he did a good job. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No notes. And the ship falls into the black hole. Oops, oops, all black holes episode of, of this. And, uh, <laughs> yep. and uh, Tice's fleet arrives to find only the black hole, and Tice laughs evilly, and her eyes grow demony. So that's And she says, up- 
all according to plan. Which, yeah. like, yeah, what was that plan? That seems, I, you know, that's got to be just for well, public, her, her, you know. Her yeah. greatest that's enemy. Been, yeah, her greatest same. enemy, Father Ben is dead in heaven. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, the Legion's gone. He, the house There's is destroyed. The, pent- the pentagram is pentagon. Uh, uh-huh. yep, you got to it's it got to assume it's like whenever anything happened under under President Trump and he'd be like, yeah, like we meant to have happen. This is exactly yeah, what it's supposed right. to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that's the end. I of- meant to slip on that banana and dive into a pile of shit. Is a dream I had about Trump once. Anyway, and um, uh, so Amityville in space. Uh, it does not leave you with a the end question mark. No, it could. I feel like it ends with it ends with an exclamation point. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and here's uh, and uh, I'm just learning this now from the IMDb page. Here's the tagline to the movie: "Screams go unheard in space." Wow, <laughs> which is okay. it's well, a it's a bootleg mock mockbuster yeah, of a yes. tagline for a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> legally uh, distinct from yep, legally different enough. Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is the part of the podcast where we do final judgments. Yes. Clearly, we were all pretty into it. This is a good bad <laughs> movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie uh, we kind of liked. I, I'll just go really fast, which is that uh, as I said, I texted Elliot. It's a little too boring for how silly it is. Like I, I there's a charm to this kind of movie that is that goes for me. Beyond mere like irony, like I don't like uh, I don't find a lot of joy just being like, ha ha, that we're dumb. Like yeah. that's that's you, that's you find a little cruel. bit of joy doing that. A l- maybe sometimes, yeah. but in general, I watch a movie like this and I kind of enjoy the genuine sort of joy of low budget filmmaking, where uh-huh. it's like you watch something like Be Kind Rewind, where they're sweeting all these blockbusters and there's get their homemade versions of the special yes, effects. Yes, the difference with all... that being that Be Kind Rewind is a medium budget movie where they're pretending to make low budget movies. Yeah, sure. But I'm saying but there is like something charming about this kind of movie a lot of the time. Unfortunately, this version I just felt was a lot of, as Elliot said, walking around halls, people <laughs> having conversations, and not enough. At genuine strangeness. I, 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 if you're gonna watch a Mark Polonia movie, go back to the beginning, uh, where like he and his twin brother, who has since sadly passed, uh, did a bunch of stuff at the beginning where I think they were trying a little harder, maybe. Yeah. Before it became a uh, an idea of like, okay, well, this is our, this is our uh, business model. Uh, and I, I saw Feeders too, and found that a lot more kind of. Goofy fun, yeah. But this one I found bad, bad. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I feel like this is this is pretty close to a good bad movie. It's very silly, uh, but you're right. Like, there's there's not enough effort involved to be like, I don't uh, to get like joy out of it. Like, it feels like it's just kind of cranked out. Like, let's get this done in one take. Let's spend as little money as possible, and hopefully, we'll get some uh, make our money back. Which would be almost impossible not to. <laughs> uh, I think it, this movie is fairly boring. I think it is short enough that it could be a good bad movie if you're with yeah. other people. It's very a very 74 short minutes. Movie. Yes, it's yeah. very short. I, and uh, but I think on its own, yeah, it's is a bad bad movie. I was hoping it would be like Dan was saying, sillier and like I thought I was hoping for more of a um, bonkers energy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but instead it feel for, for a movie that didn't it certainly didn't have to be made. Uh, and <laughs> it, it felt like a lot. Uh, there was a fair amount of kind of going through the motions of what a movie like this is. But if you want to laugh at extremely low budget things, then this is 
it's not the worst, uh, but there are better ones out there. Uh, yeah. For instance, I was just looking uh, while we, well, Dan, while you were talking at the, without the sound, I was looking at the trailer for Noah's shark, and there is a part where someone is being attacked by what appears to be a hand puppet of a shark. So, uh, so you could try that, that one. I guess. Pretty good. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford, and I'm Christian Weatherford, and we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On just the zoo of us, your new favorite animal review podcast. We're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Carrie, is it? Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Carrie. I am Psychic Ross, and I will be reading you this evening. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. I co-host a podcast. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Yes, I'm sensing that. The spirits are telling me. It is a show about Well, it's about like fringe science and spirituality and claims of the paranormal. Oh, you knew that. You do research online. But more importantly, like we do in-person investigations. In-person investigate as well. Oh, my God. That's amazing. See? Me and my friend. This is so weird. My friend Ross. Same name as you. Weird. He and I just go and try them all out. And actually, we've gone to a number of psychics. And to be honest with you, it's a lot like this. It's called Ono, Ross, and Carrie. They can find it at MaximumFun.org. I could have told you that. Hey, if you if you want to have some of the joy of a movie about a haunted house in space, but uh-huh. you don't want to actually watch a haunted house in space, microdosing, that's a that's maybe an option. Who that's, knows? Yeah, that's true. It's got, it's Make your you own house same, a haunted one. Same vibe. Um. You've probably heard about microdosing. If not, know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Uh, Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. If you don't want to feel maybe like you're impaired, but you want a little relaxation, you want a little silliness, you want a little creative fun, uh, I, I like these Microdose Gummies. Uh, and they're available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code FLOP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code FLOP. Elliot, do you want to plug anything? Perhaps the graphic novel I just read? Sure, I'd I'd love to. Uh, Dan is referring to Maniac of New York, Volume 2, The Bronx is Burning. That's right, it's the second Maniac of New York comic from Aftershock Comics. I wrote it. Andre Moody, the great artist, did the art for it. And it's continuing the adventures of all your favorite characters from the first Maniac of New York book. Maniac Harry, of course, the mindless slasher that is... Uh, plaguing New York, but also Gina Green and Zelda Pettibone, the two women determined to stop him. And I know Dan enjoyed it, right? I mean, he was texting me when he was reading it. Uh, he seemed to like I it. I mean, huh? part of that was me, you know, sort of wanting to get credit for being a good friend in the same way that, you know, a, a petty person such as myself, like, has a hard time, you know, putting a tip into a tip jar without 
letting the person know that they have it and exactly been tipped because I I'm just so scared about the way other people think of me, sure, Elliot. Sure, yeah, yeah sure. And of whether course. they yeah. think that I am doing, but hey, on top of all my personal issues, I thought it was a very very good comic that I enjoyed. I uh, I gulped it down in one sitting. And I think all of you, if you enjoy the Flophouse, if you enjoy this sort of thing, maybe it's something that you would enjoy as well. Yeah, I think so too. So that's The Maniac of New York, Volume 2, The Bronx is Burning. If you haven't read the first one, Maniac of New York, Volume 1, The Death Train, pick them both up. And perhaps we'll see more of Maniac Harry in the future. Uh, but this mm-hmm. is all there is right now, the two books. Perfect uh, perfect stocking stuffers. And if you've got kids, <laughs> I mean, they are. If you, for, I mean, the, for the horror fan in your life, if it's a wide enough yeah, stocking. Yeah, I guess. Uh, if you're not, yeah, if you're not afraid of the trade paperback, maybe bending a little bit. If yeah. you're careful about how you insert it into the stocking. I mean, you don't know what my stockings look like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. is known for his wide stockings. And uh, if you have kids, don't show them that comic, but do play them the Who Was podcast, a podcast I co-host with Megan O'Neill, and it's on iHeartRadio, but also available wherever your podcasts are available. And it's a history quiz show podcast for kids, kid contestants, kid listeners, adult historical figures. Uh, no, no swears, right? No swearing, no inappropriate humor. It's the opposite of the Flophouse. It is very focused and all ages. So, uh, and worthwhile. There's information in it. Uh, so, if it's ho- for kids, it's basically just like minions shit, right? There's a lot of, no, there's no minion stuff in it, which my children are very unhappy about because they're obsessed with minions yeah. right now. Uh, but that's the Who Was podcast. Get it with podcasts for kids. Stu, what about mm-hmm. you? What have you got to promote? Oh, hey, uh, I have two bars in Brooklyn. We have Hinterland's Bar and Minnie's Bar. Just come by, say hi, why not? Also, if you email, uh, if you're like, I want to support Hinterland's Bar and my favorite podcaster in the world, Stuart Wellington, you can just, uh, you can get some Hinterland's Bar merch. Uh, we just got our supplies back up to stock. You just need to email hinterlandsbarmerch at gmail.com and we'll, and that'll start the sales conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to buy merchandise that I get a taste of, you can do that at the Flophouse Podcast or flophousepodcast.com. Wow. <laughs> So which one is it, Dan? Which one is it? Flophouse Podcast. Without the the. So normally this is the point in the podcast where I would say we get letters from listeners and we read a few letters, but we uh, passed an important milestone just recently. Uh, 15 years of the Flophouse. Last month, uh, it was 15 years on from the first episode's release, Stealth, which Elliot was not on, but he joined nope. very quickly thereafter mm-hmm. at episode eight. Um, so and the 15th ever, anniversary is Crystal. So if anyone wants to send us anything. Yeah. Well, you know what, Elliot? That's the perfect segue because the little bit I was going to do in replacement of letters was Crystal-themed. Oh, okay. In honor okay. of the 15th anniversary. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a little taste of <laughs> of a mini right in the middle <laughs> oh, of so a Oh, so we're playing a game. Everything, we're going to play a very short game. Loves Ugh. the most. A very short game. Uh, is this a quote from Crystal Bernard, female lead of the of the sitcom Wings? Mm-hmm. Okay, starring Stephen Weber and Tim Daly. Yep, uh, about a small regional airline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, and in there also Thomas Hayden Church, uh, mm-hmm. Tony, Shalhoub, Tony Shalhoub. You know, big names stacked. got their, na- got their start there. Cast. Uh, is it a quote from Billy Crystal, of course, beloved funny man, uh, sweater bride, the Oscars, etc. And or is it a quote from Crystal the monkey, hmm. one of the most famous monkeys? Uh, you may know Crystal from Community, 
uh, The Hangover, and Night at the Museum. I I so, would I would or I would challenge the idea of one of the of Crystal being one of the most famous monkeys. I think probably a widely seen monkey, but known by uh, name. Okay, well, not okay. Well, yes, not personally famous. One of the biggest monkeys in Hollywood, along with that monkey that's in the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one from <laughs> Friends, down. that that jerk from Friends. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think the Pirates one is the Friends one. Oh, but, uh, Johnny anyway. Depp was on Friends? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so. What a piece of trash. Quotes. <laughs> is it Crystal Bernard, a quote from Billy Crystal, or Crystal the Monkey? All right. Okay. I knew that I did not want to be a statistic, that I wanted happiness within, and I wanted to be present because I knew what a great mover I was. I could move things and make things happen. That doesn't sound buzz like a monkey would say one. So we take turns. This I'll, is a free. This is free I'll, form. I'll buzz in. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crystal. Uh, that was Crystal Bernard. That Whoa. was Crystal Bernard. Okay. Egg on Elliot's face. Okay, here's what an idiot. A crystal here's egg. Another, a Swarovski crystal egg on my face. Ow. Here's another quote. <laughs> oh, and I got this. Yeah. Billy Crystal. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Sorry. Again. Oh, uh, I can't believe you that missed one that one up. Was Crystal the monkey? Here's one. You're not even okay. let's Con- do steel. <laughs> consider the rose. The rose is the sweetest smelling flower of all, and it's the most beautiful because it's the most simple, right? But sometimes you got to clip the rose. You got to cut the rose back, so something sweeter smelling and stronger and even more beautiful will grow in its place. That's from who? Anyone? I'm gonna buzz in. I believe that is from a commercial for. Crystal light. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. That was that was Billy Crystal. That was Billy Crystal. Oh. Okay. How about this one? We actors have to be conscious of ourselves. There's vanity involved. There's competitiveness. There's something that's not appealing to me about myself that I try to get away from. I'm constantly trying to see that in others. That doesn't feel like home to me. Eh. Yeah. Crystal the monkey. <laughs> that was Crystal Bernard. Oh. oh Crystal okay. Bernard. Okay, here's here's uh there's just two more. What's, What's the so score fat? right now, Dan? What's the score? <laughs> zero to zero. <laughs> oh, tie game. Here's, anyone's uh, game. Anyone's game, yeah. Here's one. What's so fascinating and frustrating and great about life is that you're constantly starting over all the time. And I love that. Hmm. Yeah. Tough one. <sighs> Okay, look, I've got breathing. one. I've got one. I've got okay. one. Is it Jesus Christel? <laughs> that was not from Greece. Greasy Jesus. Jesus. That was not from Jesus Christ Super Crystal. No. What were you trying to say? Jesus Christ Super Crystal, and you said Greasus Jeans? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Greases jeans. <laughs> well, I might I remind Jesus. you of the words of our Lord Greases jeans when he said, "He said, turn the other beach." <laughs> okay, I got one. I got let's, one let's, not, let's remember the words of our Savior when he said that truly the me the meji. <laughs> Would embarrass the nerve. Oh, my God. I've got one final quote. Here it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, sure. Fuck it. It was Grease. <laughs> that was, that was, yeah, it was, I'm going to say Grease also. <laughs> that was, 
Greasus doing an, an impersonation of Crystal the monkey. Oh, so we both got a point. Great. The, oh, cool. So we both won. Everyone's a winner. That's Fif- the way we do it. And that's, that, that, was our, that was our gift to you, the listener, to celebrate 15 years <laughs> of this fifth, podcast. 15 years. You've Ugh. been listening to this garbage for <laughs> this 15 crap. years. This complete Ugh. crap. Examine your uh, lives. I think our show is really cool, actually, <laughs> and the people who listen to it are also cool. <laughs> no, it's true. I we, We're uncomfortable with our own selves, so we d- discount accomplishments. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. I was thinking about this. Too real. I was, th- I was talking to my wife about this, and I was like, it's been it's been 15 years, which means like <sighs> it's in five years, it's conceivable that we'll have 20 years of this show. And at that point, I just don't know how we stop. It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. like someday we might have 50 that's years the, of this show. That's the problem. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think once we, we have to, we're, what we're aiming for, let's be clear, Mm-hmm. Is uh, what is it? The Mark Twain Award for American Humor. Okay, that's our goal. So we gotta elect a Flophouse president so that the they can curry favor the Kennedy Center honors. I don't know how it works. Yeah, yeah. But okay. we we want one of those awards. Give us one of those. Okay, so we'll just keep going for that <laughs> that one. But um. Uh, or like an MTV Kids Choice Award or Nickelodeon Kids Choice Award or whatever the fuck. Yeah, just dump a bunch of Yeah, like an MTV Movie Award for uh, greatest uh, what the moment or whatever. Yeah, 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 or best kiss from the MTV Movie Awards. We'll take it. It's mm-hmm. always fucking Spider-Man. It's always Spider-Man it's hanging upside year. down it's every fucking year. Every year. And you know what? I get it. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. They're up there, you know, Harry Styles and, uh, I don't know, the Olivia Rodrigo opening the envelope. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yep. Spider-Man again. Why do we still do this? Yeah, why Sp- do we do this? Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man they're is, like, is- why are we trapped in this, uh, you know, like Sardian hellscape where mm-hmm. we are constantly just saying Spider-Man wins the best kiss? Yeah, that was the original. The original <laughs> myth of Sisyphus was, was that he kept having to announce Spider-Man as winner of best kiss. The myth yeah. of, the myth oh. of Spider-Kiss. <laughs> and they go, it's the, the kiss of the spider Spider kiss, and they they go. Spider Man will accept this award via satellite, and he's in his office. There's just a shelf full of MTV Movie Awards behind him. It's like wow, I can't believe really? you didn't say myth of kiss a face <laughs> or kiss a face. Kiss a myth of the myth of kiss a face. The myth of kiss a face is that he's just trying to smooch that boulder, but it keeps rolling up the hill away from him. The myth of kiss a face sounds like something that Jerry Lewis made, <laughs> sort of like later in his career. Yeah, but it's a it's a it's a yeah it's a Jerry Lewis kind of Greek Greek myth. Type thing. Yeah. Uh, mm, hey, nice Athena. Right. That kind of stuff. <laughs> let's uh, recommend oh, movies that we saw. That's what this is. The movie podcast. Movie podcast. Yes. Talking let's recommend movies. movies that we saw. We love we the liked. flicks here at the old Flophouse. Yeah, Flophouse um, has the movies. Recommendations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna recommend a couple things. The first thing is more uh, – on, on behalf of Audrey, who uh, said that I should give honorable mention to a movie that we watched. Uh, we went to the uh, the wedding of one of uh, Elliot's and my old co-workers at The Daily Show. Um, and uh, uh, Audrey and I did. Elliot was not there. Uh, not <laughs> invited. Are we gonna get to- I was not <laughs> invited. <laughs> when are we going to get to the movies? Confusing. Uh, this no, is we, a lot we went- of backstory for what's just going to be the title of a movie that you're recommending. <laughs> yeah. We, we went up to Albany for this. We've been traveling during the day. We uh, were out in the sun. Not like a lot of travel, but we, you know. Oh, like, I say, yeah. 
everything he, getting out of New York is a hassle. It's true. Um, just ask Bill. Just ask uh, Bill Murray in that one movie. Yeah. Oh boy. Quick change. Um, yeah. So we were looking. We're for not something that quick just, a change. Took a long time to get out of New <laughs> that's York. That's the thing. The title's ironic. That's what makes the movie so good. Mm-hmm. We were looking that's for something. That's why Father Benna considers it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very light and um, you know easy on the brain at the end of the day. Like and, pie. Uh, we were going through <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Is that easy on the brain? A pie? Yeah. Uh, we, we're going the through movie, Netflix. not shoving a pie into your oh, ear. Okay. Yeah. It's like that was a pie easy on the brain. Yeah, that was when I watched the movie Pie. I'm like, when's he gonna stick a pie in his ear? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Point is, we were scrolling through Netflix. Uh, I saw the description for uh, the movie Work It, which had the words dance, competition, and ragtag group, and I knew that those are three of Audrey's. Key keywords when yeah. it comes to things that she might enjoy. So I'm like, key keywords? Key mm-hmm. keywords. Um, and point now, is, now if you're you not like, talking about work at the a sitcom that barely no. existed about two guys who have to dress and drag to keep their jobs. Yeah, this is not even my main re- recommendation. I'm just well, saying, there's certainly that a lot of you, backstory for it. Jesus if you Christ. like it, well, <laughs> there's been a lot of roadblocks on, <laughs> on the way. Uh, if you like that kind of thing, it's uh, a fun example of that kind of thing. It's not much beyond that, but you don't always. Yeah, want I mean, you're that. not you're not like begging the Academy to. Yeah, work, yeah. Work no, it I'm like, if you like a fun movie. dance competition movie, yeah. that one might be for you. Okay. But the more challenging, uh, much sadder movie I'm recommending is Resurrection, starring Rebecca Hall, about uh, a woman who has. Um, you know, it's a horror movie. There are levels of reality. It's hard to say exactly what happens in the film. Let us just say that someone who was part of abusive relationship with her reenters her life. And she has sort of a mental dissolution from that point, which makes it a very painful movie to watch in a lot of ways. Uh, and also Rebecca a very Hall. Rebecca Hall movie. She likes to make movies yeah, well, about that's, women who, whose minds dissolved. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was going to say. She's the best in the biz when it I comes to brittle women. I fucking love Rebecca Hall yeah. in, particularly though in horror movies about trauma. I loved how good she was in The Night House. Like she is great at just being someone who is very strong, but also dealing with forces that any would shake any strong person. And, uh, uh, in this case, the force is Tim Roth, who is uh, like equally good on the other side, just like a horrible man who clearly is just a malevolent force. And uh, talk about it. Did it, did I ever tell you my story about when my brother met him? No, my brother met him and then asked him if they could take a picture, and he went no and just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but this movie. Just be forewarned, like I said, it is about someone who is sort of re-experiencing the trauma of past abuse, which might be not for everyone. But it's a horror movie uh, that goes some very strange places. The acting is so good, and I just really had a great time, even while it being almost unbearable at certain points, Mm -hmm. too. Uh, I've been watching a lot of, a lot of horror movies lately. And the one I'm going to pick out of my horror movie bag, I guess it's a horror movie is, uh, (laughs) bodies, 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 uh, a kind of a thriller, uh, with a bunch of youngins all in a house and, uh, somebody dies and they're trying to figure it out and they all suspect each other. Some, uh, important points is that Lee Pace is in it and he is very tall um, and let's see, uh, Rachel Senat, I think, uh, Senat, I don't know how to pronounce her name, 
from uh, Shiva Baby, uh, which I recommended previously and was shot in this very neighborhood that we're sitting in right now. Uh, mere blocks from where I'm seated. Uh, she we're getting gives a lot of a extraneous re- world building and all recommendations today. Blowing up my spot. Yeah, when the when the when the when the Shiva Baby tour comes through, <laughs> it's gonna. And, oh, that's Dan, that must be Dan McCoy's apartment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she gives a really great, uh, almost star-making uh, turn. It's it's fun. It's light. Uh, it's you know got some jokes. I liked it. Bodies, bodies, bodies. I'm going to recommend a movie uh, from 1947. It's called The Gangster, and it's a late noir film. I guess it's a medium-time noir film. Uh, And it stars uh, Barry Sullivan as a gangster with the kind of funny name of Shabunka. Who? uh, (laughs) And the movie has trouble getting over the fact that the main character's name is Shabunka. But uh, the he is a he's a numbers guy. He runs the numbers racket in uh, somewhere in in Brooklyn, I think, and. He has this view of the world where he trusts no one. He's always uh, thinks everyone's going to betray him. He suspects everything, and he refuses to let himself relax or care uh, really deeply about somebody else or let someone else care about him. And that ends up biting him in the end as uh, a larger organization moves in on him, and he finds that he has nowhere he can turn. And uh, it's got a really great supporting cast. Akeem Tamaroff is in it. Uh, There's Elisha Cook Jr. has a small role in it. All these people who are great in old movies. And there's... A couple of side plots that are kind of that are surprisingly funny or tragic. There's a tragic story about a man who owes too much money because he's been gambling uh, and has embezzled some. There's a funny story about the soda jerk at a at a soda fountain who is considers himself a a uh, just a ladies' man but can't really seal the deal. Uh, but overall, it is a kind of dark movie. And one of the things that's real cool about it is. It was super low budget for the time. They did not shoot anything on location in New York, which meant they had to create these kind of very artificial New York street sets and kind of like Coney Island style boardwalk sets. And so it has this weird kind of uh, like dreamlike quality to it because the street scenes look so artificial in a really cool, in a way that I thought was really cool. Uh, so that's The Gangster. It's just a, it's a nice little strange noir movie. So... Hey, we, we did. did it. Yeah, 15 years. We did it. Happy birthday to us. Um, <laughs> we listen. celebrated that birthday with Amityville in space and yeah, a game about Crystal Bernard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Flophouse. Um, hey, uh, if you like this nonsense, there's a chance you'd like the other nonsense over at MaximumFun.org. Some of it's not even nonsense. Some of it yeah. has real information, if that's your flavor. Amazing. Uh, and... Um, also, uh, you know, tweet about us, review us, do what you can to spread the word. It really does help. Um, if you've done it in the past, hey, we're not talking to you. Don't get mad at us for bothering you about it again, okay? It's it's fine. It's fine. Everyone's okay. Everyone's friends here. Yeah. Right? Calm down. Yeah. But um, Dan, are you okay? Also, <laughs> no. I think so. Uh, one one other thing. Uh, this is edited by Howell Doughty. Uh, Alex Smith, Howell Dotty on Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a uh, a podcast called Howell Dotty's Fast. Yeah, you're just a guest, right? I was recently just a guest. I forgot to plug it during the plugs, but I'll plug it now that we're talking about how great Alex is as our producer. Uh, we wrote a song in half an hour, and then I sang it, and you can hear me trying to find like the notes of a song that I've never heard before because we just invented it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Alex gave me the notes, but it's it's, it's just so much harder than singing like a karaoke song that you've heard a million times. I'm like, I yeah. think this is the tune. Anyway, if you want to hear me sing a bossa nova about <laughs> being 
an adult crybaby. Um, <laughs> yeah, that then that's good. where you can do it over at Fast Track. So check that out. Um, but for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. Bye. I don't know. Should we start? Is that how we do it? Yeah, we all. Yeah, that, sure. I mean, if we don't start, we uh, never finish. That's true. Yeah, yeah, no. That's a good. That's true. That's uh-huh. both true as true as it is unnecessary to say. <laughs> <laughs> what is a podcast if not saying words, as Jesse says over? <laughs> yeah. What is a podcast mm-hmm. if not saying unnecessary stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.